Good afternoon. And how is everybody? Blessed. I am praying anyway. So you are with uh, Father Larry Richards, and this is Anchored in Hope. It's a podcast where we focus on hope and where it comes from and how we need to be people of hope. Oh, more than ever, if we don't bring hope to the world, nobody else is. It's up to us. It's us to, up to us to bring the reason for our hope, Jesus Christ, to the world. So let's begin by praying. Huh? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, you are so present to us. There is nowhere we can run from you, nowhere we can run from your love. And so help us to begin by just being aware that you are here. That when we breathe in, you breathe out. When you breathe out, we breathe in. You keep us alive by mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, spiritually, from the moment of our existence. Father, help us to know that there is never a time where we are separated from you. And help us to always enter into with this reality when we enter into prayer. That you are not far, but that you are near. That your love is deep. And that your love is true. And your love is forever. And help us to respond in love to you. We beg you these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good Saint Joseph. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, again, as last week, we began with the new format where the first half or so I will deal with a topic, a spiritual topic normally, and then we'll have questions and answers after that, whether it be on topic or whether it be off topic. There's a lot of off topic uh, questions that have come in uh, because of news and everything, which we will deal with, but we'll deal with that all uh, after we focus on prayer. And I think that it's the most important thing that a disciple can do. It's, as I've said a million times, praying is more important than breathing Because breathing keeps us alive for a limited time on earth. But praying keeps us alive forever. And so our life must become prayer. Our, you know, that means everything we give to God, we do everything for his glory, we become aware of his presence. Um, And this is going to be a two-parter, just so you know. Today I'm going to talk about uh, predisposition uh, for prayer, uh, how we enter into it, why it's important to listen, it's the most important part of the prayer, uh, spending time, all that kind of reality. And then next week, I want to take the most important prayer when Jesus said, this is how you are to pray, and walk through it with the Lord's Prayer. So it'll be like a uh, next week will be a preview of uh, my new book uh, coming out. Uh, just live it. But again, I want to walk through the prayer with everybody uh, next week. But this is the week I just want to talk about uh, prayer. And um, prayer basically is being in a relationship with God. It's a communication with God. 
but it's a two-way communication, and that's where I think most of the problem is. Even this morning, it was such a, uh, a beautiful uh, first reading today from the Ephesians, huh? and I'm, I talked about it in my homily, and also, you know, if uh, I know there are some people right now watching this on our uh, uh, app, that I'd encourage you, the uh, Reason for Our Hope app, but I'd encourage you to just go to that Reason uh, for Our Hope app. Again, it's 100% free, Our Hope TV. It's called Our Hope TV. And just put in the search bar prayer. And I have a whole hour uh, talk just focused on prayer. And so this is going to be a little bit different than there, but uh, I want to encourage you to go there, and it's free. You can listen to it free. And again, if you don't have, excuse me, our Hope TV app yet, I encourage you to get it. It's all my talks forever and ever uh, so far who that have been. I've given they're all free on that app and other uh, resources too. But if we go to today's reading, and um, here's Paul talking about his prayer. And so he says, uh, that we may that he may grant you in accord with the riches of his glory be strengthened with power through his spirit dwelling remember um, in the the readings it says we do not know how to pray as we ought and that's very important place to begin when it comes to prayer that we do not know how to pray as we ought I think we all and again when I'm talking about all this stuff I'm not going against, of course, not going against prayers that we pray, especially when it comes to the Lord's prayers we'll talk about next week. But praying is something that's done in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a way of entering into this intimacy of communion with God. It's a, uh, uh, a talking and a listening. And a lot of people do the talking part easy and they say, Father, it's too hard for me to listen. And I say, stay with it. Uh, you need to be listening every day. Again, the prophets would say, speak, Lord, I'm listening, not shut up, God, I'm talking. Uh, I'm sure you've heard a uh, the story about uh, the woman who prayed, and I've told it here anyway, the woman who would go and pray every day in the cathedral of a particular diocese. And as she went in there, she'd always go up and say the rosary in front of the image of our Blessed Mother, the statue of our Blessed Mother. And there was these guys that were up in the uh, scaffolding, you know, painting the ceiling and everything. He says, let's have some fun with this little old lady. And so they watched her come in every day. And so one day, one of the guys looked down and says, hello. Nothing, little old lady keeps saying the rosary. I'll get her, I'll get her. Hello! Nothing. The little old lady stays intently focused on our Blessed Mother's statue and continues to say the rosary. He's, I'll get her now. You just watch. You watch. I'm going to get her right now. And he goes, Hello! This is Jesus! And the little old lady stops. She looks up and she goes, Shut up! I'm talking to your mother. <laughs> and she keeps saying her rosary. <laughs> And again, isn't that bad? But again, it's always been a story that I've used and I heard, of course, who knows how many, uh, I was going to say centuries ago, it seems like it, uh, where people just say their prayers. And when God starts to speak to them, 
they're too busy to listen because they're in the midst of getting their prayer in. And it's, it shows that we don't know fully what prayer is. It's not about getting our prayers in. Like someone said, Father, I only got four decades of my rosary and does that count? <sighs> it counts if all of you're doing is trying to get your prayers in. Of course it does. But one decade of the rosary could count if you go into our long meditation about the beauty of what Jesus did for you and me. And if you listen to him and you talk to him. So prayer is not about getting prayers done. That's about us. But when you surrender to the spirit of the living God, then great things can happen. And again, that's what's happening here today in the reading. It just happens to fit. And it says, the, and the, the power through his spirit, this is in Ephesians chapter 3, through his spirit in the inner self, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the holy ones what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So you see what prayer should be? It's that surrendering of ourselves to God, that God's love dwells in our hearts, that we know that we're loved by God and we love him back. And our whole thing through faith, as we've talked about before, as we talked about in the Eucharist last week, that through faith we live in this life in the very presence of God, always. A great book, if you ever want to read it, is uh, The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection. And the way he prayed is he was, you know, just did dishes and everything like a lot of people at home, but he always tried to be aware that he was always in the presence of God. Here he is. I am in God's presence. Because again, what we do is sometimes we have our prayer periods where, okay, I'm very, very intense and I'm praying right now and I'm getting my rosary in, but I'm thinking of a hundred different things and I'm doing my divine mercy chaplet and I'm thinking of all those people that hurt me and I'm doing my bravery like I got to do or I'm doing whatever. Instead of listening to God, I'm trying to get God to jump through my hoop and give me what I want and take care of my needs. And again, that's part of prayer. Huh? Jesus said, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find. Jesus said and told us to do that. He tells us to pray the Lord's Prayer. This is how you are to pray. But we got to remember that prayer is this relationship. So when Jesus tells us how to pray in the Lord's Prayer, he's showing us our part of that relationship what our disposition should be. And again, as we'll find out next week, the, the Lord's Prayer and how we deal with others can never be separated, which often we try to separate our prayer life from the rest of our life, and that becomes problematic. Um, and so it has to be, like again, at my Adoration Chapel, if you ever come there, if you're from here and you've been there many times, the, next to the Blessed Sacrament, uh, where the monstrance is, it's uh, Psalm 46, verse 10, and it says, be still and know that I am God. And again, why is that that way? Because remember the catechism, the teaching of the catechism is who made me, God made me. Why did God make me? 
God made me to know him, to love him, and serve him. So how do I get to know God? The word of God teaches us, be still and know that I am God. Huh? And so one of the things that can help you if you ever go to the Adoration Chapel or any place where the Blessed Sacrament is, you just look at that uh, sanctuary candle. And that candle burns constantly in front of Jesus. And it extinguishes itself out of love. It's just present to Jesus, slowly burns and extinguishes itself out of love. And so when we're struggling, when we're having a hard time to pray, we sit there silently in front of God. And again, um, Another story, uh, again, attributed to um, the cure of ours. He would see this guy praying all the time when he went into the church in ours. And he just sat there and thought, wow. you know." And here's from a great man of prayer himself. So finally, one day after watching this for many months or years, he asked the man, he says, what do you do with all that time when you spend in front of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament? And the man says, I look at him, and he looks at me. Hmm. The silence of being present to Almighty God. And while he's looking, he's listening. And so when it comes to our prayer, we need to say the prayers that we pray. Like, the way I do it, and again, it's just my way, and uh, nothing perfect. I'm just uh, trying to explain the way I do it. Is that so? When I'm with Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, I do all the things that I need to do, all the prayers that I promise to pray. Uh, so I say the By Mercy Chaplet, I say the Rosary, and I'll talk more about that in a bit. And then I say the Office of the Church, and that takes about thirty minutes. And, um, and then there's, a, for the hour, the other half hour, I can listen and be still with God. Sometimes I do that quite well, and I can hear him. Other times I'm filled with myself and filled with worries or anger or um, hurt. And instead of listening to him, I listen to me. And I renumerate, and my mind gets so filled with me and my thoughts that I can't just surrender uh, to God, one of my uh, spiritual directees, when I when I emailed him or uh, I texted him this morning, you know, I always text them about making sure they listen by spending time in the Word of God. And so what I said to him uh, this morning was, um, oh, good morning, Joseph. God has blessed you with another day to do his holy and instead of the thing automatically corrected instead of his will it said his well do it gladly love him and love others seek how in the scriptures this morning i am praying for you and then he was being a smart aleck and he says so the scripture was luke chapter 11 verse 41 and he says what is god's holy well and how do i get there i said you just jump in you pagan and so and how i'm how uh how important that is, that when we go to pray, we just jump in. So the first part of our prayer is should be, 
a surrender to the spirit of the living God. And so one of the easiest ways to do that, of course, is if we go and in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And it's like, as I've said before, the spirit of the living God takes us and lifts us up and to the very presence of God. Now, we are not just praying to a God who may or may not be up there. We enter into the very essence of the Trinity just by making the sign of the cross, just by surrendering ourselves. And then, since we do not know how to pray, the Spirit himself can pray in us and through us. It's Jesus who lives inside of you, in your heart, again, as we hear today from Ephesians. And so you enter into this community of love. You don't become the Trinity, but you enter into the community of the Trinity. And this way we get to touch heaven just a little bit. And again, there can still be dryness. I mean, Mother Teresa was dry for so many years and we can still uh, struggle, but we're now doing everything we're doing not by our power, but by the Spirit of God who lives inside of us. You see the, the difference? The difference is who's in charge of your prayer. The Spirit of the living God or you? Do you let God lead you in prayer or do you take control of your prayer? Again, I think too many people try to control God by their prayer. That makes God our slave. And prayers, we'll talk again next week more, is not about getting God to do our will, but it's about surrendering our will to do God's will. Huh? The two greatest examples of that is Mary with her fiat and Jesus with not my will but yours be done. And I think that when we do this, that's why I'm very big, you know, when I have the no Bible, no breakfast, no Bible, no bed, that when we go to God's word before we do anything else, it's letting God speak to us. So the first part of our prayer is already done, God speaking to us. So again, when you keep your Bible next to your bedstand, and again, I have another one. This is my uh, Bible I take with me uh, on the road. And so... You keep the Bible next to your bedstand. You pray to the Holy Spirit again. Don't try to do this without the Holy Spirit. Let God lead you. And then just open it up and read until God takes you and hits you with a two-by-four, I always say. And so here it opens and talks about the Good Shepherd. And here I just took it to uh, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Another translation is... Uh, my sheep, listen to my voice. And so we need to make sure that we listen to the voice of God when we pray. And Jesus said, my sheep hear it. They already know it. So the question is, do you know the voice of God? And if the answer is, again, in your heart of hearts, like, no, Father, well, listen to him in Scripture. This is his voice, my sheep Hear my voice or listen to my voice. This is his voice. So you go to scripture every day. Again, a lot of people just want to get their prayers in. And again, that's all them. Go to the word of God so it's all him. Huh? Let God speak to you. 
Let God enter into your heart and then respond to him. Again, to make this very practical in the morning when you do it, you read until God speaks to you. And again, and it can't be the first thing you fall in and it can't be the first thing you think might be good to meditate on, but you just know this is of God. You'll get it because it'll give you peace. You write that down, you put it in your piece of your pocket or your purse or whatever, and you pull it out because before you started to pray, God started to speak to you. And now all day you're in a relationship. And again, one of the best things you can do with that is write that verse down in a notebook or a prayer journal or a journal and then go back to it throughout the day. You can do it on your phone. Uh, write it down and then go, okay, God, what did you say to me this morning? What are you trying to teach me from that? What are you trying to say to me? What is your will because of this? Now you're in relationship with God. And why that's important is because it shows that you're not just going through the motions of prayers. I've said before, you can say a rosary, and people get so mad at me when I say this stuff, that you can say a rosary every day, a, a Divine Mercy Chaplet. You can do all kinds of prayers and still be an atheist. You can go through rituals all the time, but it has to be an encounter. Someone wrote to me, uh, right before a question about, I talk about intimacy. What exactly is intimacy? Intimacy is another re word uh, for relationship. But the word intimacy comes from in to me see. So we let God truly see us inside, not what we show to other people. Huh? Uh, like I can't hide anything from God. Sometimes I try. <laughs> which is just so stupid. God knows everything about me. There's not one part of me that God does not know. He knows my sinfulness. He knows my good thoughts. He knows my bad thoughts. He knows it all. And though he knows all of that, he loves me. Um, and I can say that I have never went to God in prayer when I've fully surrendered myself and I've tried to listen, there has never been a time that God has been harsh with me. He's kicked me in the butt, but even when he's kicked me in the butt, it's because of his love. I've never felt anything but love in the presence of God. That's how I know that I'm in the presence of God. Because who is God? God is love what is the community of god what is the trinity of god love the father loves the son the son loves the father their love is so real it's the spirit of the living god and so when paul talks about today in ephesians be rooted in love means we're rooted in god and so what has to happen is the more i become aware of that the more i become incarnate love in the world if you will huh now when i talk about incarnate love we're talking about uh, the love of God in our life that we start living and bringing that to others and again each of us will show a different part of love because some love is strong some love is gentle some love is kind some love is a kick in the pants whatever it happens to be and all of us have a different personality if you will of God's love a different way of showing God's love um, 
I've always like I, I when I was young and I've always had my anger issues, of course. But when I was young in seminary, I went to the first counselor we had to go to, um, and I was uh, I was either I'm pretty sure either my last year of high school seminary, or I could have been an early college seminary. And I went to the counselor, and he says to me, he asked me a question. He says, "So tell me, who is Larry Richards?" When I said to him, which I didn't, it was the first thing out of my head, but I, it, it really said a lot, I think, about where I always felt myself being. He says, I said, I am a St. Peter wanting to be a St. John. Now he says, oh, well, that's interesting. What do you mean by that? And I says, did St. Peter always open his mouth and said stupid things? Um, and he, you know, yeah, Peter was Peter, 100% real. And then you get John who put his head on the chest of Jesus and listened to his heartbeat and was gentle and it's all he ever spoke about was love. But though that's always been my goal, that isn't the way I live my life. <laughs> I live my life in uh, like strength. I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, some people get to bring people to Christ by uh, pure gentleness. Um my way of often is kicking people in the butt, you know, and some people don't like that at all. Like if you listen to last Sunday's homily, I talk about adoration and the need for Eucharistic adoration. And um, so sometimes people think I was too hard. Uh, it was so hard. And other people think it's exactly what I needed, Father. I needed that kick in the butt to commit myself to Jesus, whatever it is. And I often, and because my way gets me in trouble and has people don't like me and they'll, 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 and of course, tell me that and I'll go, okay. And then I'll say, okay, I'm going to, uh, sometimes I'll just sit there and say, okay, I'm just going to be nice and all my homilies now. And then I get up there, but I always pray the Holy Spirit before I get up there. And then I go and I, the days I'm going to be the most gentle and homilies sometimes are the ones that I'm most strong. And I'm thinking, what the heck? But again, it isn't about me. It isn't about getting people to like me, though I would, wouldn't mind that. But it's about getting people uh, to listen to God. Even when people come into confession, you know, just say, listen, there's just no excuse for you not to be praying every day. And that's hard. But there is no excuse for us not to be praying. None. Zilch doesn't, doesn't work. There's always time. We all got five minutes. We all do. And in that five minutes, if we're being still, then God can do great things. Again, if you listen to the prayer, the talk on prayer, I'll go through, and I've talked about it before, but it's one of the best ways I've taught people how to pray, and you can go on there and listen, and I'll actually take you through it. But it's just, before you do anything else, that is after you surrender the Holy Spirit, and you talk about, and name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, then you breathe because breath was the way that God gave us life at the very beginning. So take three breaths, one for each member of the Trinity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And so what that does is it grounds ground you in God, just grounds you there. This is where you begin, in the very presence of Almighty God. And then you do three things. You tell God you're sorry. You repent. 
and you don't make excuses for your sin, but you just repent. The first word ever out of Jesus' mouth was repent and believe. So you repent of your sins because your sins can set a barrier between you and God. Then the second thing you do is surrender. You surrender your life to live the will of God in your life, that you and I have one purpose, to do God's holy will. Um, And we're always afraid of that. But God's holy will is that you go to heaven. Right? And you with you get to be with him forever. Are there any questions? Is that uh, something you have to be afraid of? God wants you to live forever with him. That's his will. And how that's lived every day is God tells us what type of life to live to get there, to be with him forever. And he loves us more than we love ourselves. And he's our father. He's going to take care of us. So first, I'm sorry. Second, I surrender my life to you. Third, is you just close your eyes and you just ask God to hold you like we do every day at Mass, if you ever watch the Mass. And there, it's one minute for I'm sorry, one minute for I surrender, three minutes for hold me. And then you put your head on the chest of Jesus and you listen to his heartbeat. You listen, you listen, you listen. Every time God's heart beats, he says, I love you, I love you. And then you just let God love you. Huh? Is this so hard? It is for most people. <laughs> because they're, they're afraid of surrender. Because they're, they're going to die if they surrender. Yes, you're going to die to your selfishness, your arrogance. And you're going to live in God. You're going to be transformed into love uh, in your own personality. And then after that, with Jesus, you say the Lord's Prayer, which we'll focus on next week. But you let Jesus lead it, like in the arms of Christ or holding his hands, or just being with him. Let him lead that prayer. Our Father. What does that mean? And I'm going to talk about, break that all up next week into 10 principles. But that's the way you can enter in. And then you know that there's never a moment that God isn't holding you. There isn't a moment in your life, good, bad, or indifferent, to God's not right there giving you mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. That's what Pope Benedict talked about. When we go to adoration, it's like getting spiritual mouth-to-mouth resuscitation from God. Now, I've been teaching this for 30 years. When I heard Pope uh, uh, Benedict talk about this, like, ah, see, It isn't something that it's just special or, oh, this is an insight Father Larry has. It's an insight that's been given to the church by God himself. That prayer is just entering into this great intimacy with the Holy of Holies, the God of gods, the Lord of lords, who becomes one of us because he wants to get into our skin and he wants to do everything in his power to save us. We've got to start thinking about God as being good. And his love is always the basis of everything he does with us and in our lives. Even when our lives are hard, he has a plan. And his plan is that we live with him forever. So that's about all I want to say today about getting us ready. There's so, 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 so much more. So I want you to go into our Hope TV and to listen. Just put prayer and the, the talk is called prayer, and I go, I take what I just did with you, I take you through that. And some people do listen to it every morning and every night um, to help them to enter into prayer. So that's just the thing. And so I just wanted to do that and again give you a heads up about what we're going to do next week. Uh, so 
again, hopefully you learned something from it. Um, but again, the most important thing is that we just come and really get to know the, that we're loved by God and everything flows out of that. It's about a relationship. It's about intimacy. It's not just about ritual. The ritual is part of it. Okay? Got it? Get it? Are you going to do it? You better at least try. Okay? Thank you. Now we'll go into uh, the questions that are here. I know we get a lot of questions. People weren't listening. They were writing, I see. Hi. Good afternoon, everyone. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. There you go. It's not, uh, it's freezing here. Hopefully it's supposed to get better tomorrow. Hello, Father. I sometimes see religious items in the shelter and the seller claims they are blessed. Yeah, uh, if someone sells something that's blessed, it breaks the blessing. You're not allowed to sell anything blessed, yes. It breaks the blessing if anything is sold. Um, you can get a donation for a blessed item, but that's not selling it. What are some good prayers to say to your guardian angel other than the normal angel of God prayer? Um, just talk to your guardian angel. Just talk to him. Saint uh, Saint uh, Padre Pio said, "Ask your guardian angel to protect you or whatever else. Just talk to him." Again, um, it's easier to do it that way, and then say prayers. Uh, but don't just get into habit of just saying someone else's prayer. Be in relationship with your guardian angel, and it's not a prayer too because he's not God, but it's a talking to him and asking him to protect. You know, the angel of God prayer, the St. Michael prayer, they're all good, but, you know, they say it every day at my parish. I don't say it with them uh, because it just becomes another ritual prayer that people want to add on, and Vatican II got rid of it. Now, some of the bishops brought it back, but it's still not the official uh, part of the church, but people want to do it, well, go for it. But it, people just say it so fast that they haven't a clue what they're saying. Like we'll talk about next week with the Lord's Prayer. I believe 99% of the people would say the Lord's Prayer have not a clue about what they're saying. They just learned a prayer and they say it every day or five times a day or whatever. And it just becomes part of a ritual instead of part of intimacy. And I, we just have to go back into the intimacy. Let's go to uh, Anchored in Hope. I mean, uh, uh, our Hope TV. There's a question there that came in seven hours ago. So they're not live, but you can do it on our Hope TV too. Father Larry, during adoration, should I pray my, my chapter and rosary or should I just sit and listen? I always say it's not either or, it's both and. So again, the first thing I do every morning is say the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Well, usually the first thing I do, there's some days I say it later in the day, depending on how my day's going, if I'm sick or not, you know, it all depends. So when I say this, this is the normal way of doing things, but sometimes there's abnormal ways. Sometimes I don't get my holy hour in the morning. I do it later in the night um, for various reasons. So, but again, my my commitment to God is to pray the holy hour. It doesn't have to be in the morning, but he gets that throughout today because uh, he's God. He has to get more than anything else. So it's not either or, it's both and. So, do you do? Good evening, Father Oramos. Yes, let's pray. Blessed indeed. Hi, Father Larry. Hi, Julia. We like the new format. Good. We're praying everything is going great for you and Joe. It is. Joe's doing quite well he's getting so big it's getting ridiculous um tony thank you father larry help us grow in faith hope and charity 
Recently, a religious sister committed suicide, uh, abused the child, had psychiatric treatment. How to cope in this in a Catholic way? I've had a lot of people uh, that I've known that have committed suicide. Uh, Bishop uh, Dolan down in Phoenix has a book on uh, the Catholic response to suicide because he's had uh, four people in his life, brothers and sisters, have committed suicide. And he just had a big mass last month for people who have committed suicide. And um, like one of my best kids committed suicide at prep. And the, the, I used to always tell the kids, you know, objectively it's mortally sinful. And so the kids come up to me and they says, Father, you always said people that commit suicide go to hell. And I said, objectively, meaning that to commit mortal sin, of course, takes serious uh, Serious matter, full knowledge, full consent of the will. And then I said, do you think he had full consent of the will when he committed suicide? And then I found out later, uh, most definitely did not, he was on uh, uh, drugs when that happened. And so he didn't have full consent. So what I did and what I do for everyone uh, who I buried has su uh, commits suicide or dies of other things, I, I have printed a uh, Divine Mercy Chaplet prayer for them. And so I ask everybody, I give it out to everybody who comes to the funeral. And so, and I just make the Divine Mercy Chaplet uh, personal for them. So the kid that uh, committed suicide was named Jason. And this is, oh, 20 years ago. And so I had the card on the, the front side is the Jesus I trust in you, the image of Divine Mercy. And on the back side, I say, pray this every day for Jason. And it says, because of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on Jason and on the whole world. And then it says, uh, so that's for 10 decades, 10 prayers for each decade on a rosary. And then at uh, our father beads, eternal father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved son, our Lord Jesus Christ, an atonement for Jason's sins and those of the whole world. Because you got to remember that God lives in an eternal now. And so a prayer that we pray today can be, applied to the person as they're uh, committing the act. And we're begging God's mercy, not because they deserve it. They don't. That's what mercy is. But we're begging God that what Jesus did on the cross to cover them with his blood. And so that's one of the things so I'd encourage you to say for this religious sister, and I've known priests that have committed suicide, you pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet for them and you insert their names. And leave the rest to God. Because we don't know. But God knows. And you know when we make our judgments. And boy do we ever. God is the only one that can judge. And God loves that person. He will do. In his justice and his mercy. What he knows is right. And we trust God in the midst of that. Huh? So there you go. Let's go to. Um. One question that came in through email. I saw this on Twitter today and confused and shocked. I do not understand. I, like you, have much love and respect for Pope Francis. That's good. But I'm at loss for the understanding of recent appointment of Marianne Mazzucato. Please, please help me to see what good this will do. Uh, and I did. I, I went and I looked that up. The CNA, Catholic News Agency and Catholic Register, were the ones that uh, reported it. Uh, but both of them are pretty biased, meaning that 
they're biased against the Holy Father. So everything that anybody writes, they're right. They're biased. There is no such thing as news. Like I always say, if you want true news, and if anybody was news, they would always get both sides. So they talked about they they and I read in the article of. Uh, you know, this person said this and they're upset and da da da. But I'm um, no one from the other side that says, well, why did this happen? Because I guess if this is true, the fullness of it, it upsets me greatly too. But that's the point. I don't know if it's fully true. I don't get to see the other side. And I want truth is what I want. So why did they pick a woman who is an atheist and pro-choice? Why would they put her on uh, this council. I have no idea. But we found out through the agencies of all the negative of it and why it's an abomination and why it's wrong and different things. And all of that is part of truth. But we didn't get the other side. Well, why did they do that? Is there a reason uh, for doing something like that? I don't know. You know, I can't... um, defend something that I don't know the fullness of truth about. And so before I'd go and start printing all this stuff in another way to scream and discredit the Holy Father, and that's what these agencies and a lot of papers do again and again. They take a little bit of truth, which is full truth, not full truth, but of course it's true what they're saying, and they splatter it, but they don't get the other side. And I just don't think, I don't think it's fair. And I, and I think that about all truth. Like, again, for me, if somebody was honest and they really were looking for truth, they would always bring both sides. And sometimes what people do, they pretend to do that. So they'll get someone who's very knowledgeable on one side that they want to make sure that their side wins. And they'll say, find someone else who's a supporter but is ignorant of so much stuff. And so that looks like, ah, like, so I sit there and say, like, when uh, some of these news agencies will bring a cardinal on or a bishop who uh, says we have to fight against the Pope. Okay, that's the view. So what does Cardinal Dolan say? Or what does one of the cardinals on the other side say? People who are smart, people would have the same authority in the church. And what do they say? And then you get to hear both sides of an issue. And then you get to make a decision. You're not told what to think, like so many of these people. They've already stacked the deck to tell you what to think. And they know, like especially if, like with me, I am very pro-life. And if somebody comes in there and they know how to pull my strings and they pull them, I'm going to react. And I'm going to, rightfully so. But is it that then I find out, oh, there is much more to it. And then I feel stupid because I reacted to someone who pulled my strings instead of someone who is sharing me the truth, showing me both sides of an issue. And I think that's important for all the issues that we deal with, but especially when it comes to the Pope. Um, Because this Pope is pro-life, of course he is, and he's talked about it, and you can just uh, uh, do a Google search, Pope Francis and pro-life and the things he said. Um, things he said as a bishop, things he said as the Pope. Why is this? I do not know. But I'm going to, I'll come back to this, uh, and hopefully after I get to see both sides. But like someone, I've got a lot of emails and a lot of uh, texts on this. What, what, Father, what should I do? And I say, 
look at both sides, uh, if we can find both sides, and I'm sure they will come out. Um, but I, right now, that's all I can say. But again, no, is it a concern? Well, of course it's a concern. So, okay. I am a cradle Catholic and striving to practice my faith, so I'm embarrassed to admit I do not understand what we need to believe about Jesus' second coming and the end of the world. Can you please help? And then it says, I haven't received a call yet about the $50,000 prize. <laughs> yeah, 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 me neither. I couldn't get it. It was uh, good. Oh, it was a mess in other ways. But anyway, um, what you need to know when it comes to the second coming is what we say in the creed. I believe that he will come again to judge the living and the dead. That's what we believe. When's that going to come? Well, it'll come particularly when you die. Uh, you, that's the end of time for you, and that's the apocalypse for you. Um, there's a lot written. I have stuff, again, on uh, our Hope TV about the four last things, about uh, death, judgment, heaven, and hell, um, about those four last things and about the, the second coming. But I wouldn't go crazy over it, again, as people like to talk about, you know, the, the three days of darkness and all that stuff. All it does is instill fear. And Jesus says, perfect love casts out fear. And Jesus said, fear is useless. What is needed is trust. And then we have all these people that love, that are good Catholics, that love to throw things to make people afraid. And then they'll sit there and say, well, it says, we just heard about it, fear God who has the power to cast someone into hell. Yes, and Jesus said that. But there's a different type of fear. One is the fear that God is so good and so powerful and... Uh, but he loves me and I don't want to hurt him. And another is a fear about me and worry about my salvation, my damnation, my, uh, all this stuff. One is selfish and one is loving. So we want to have a loving fear of God, which means the fear of the Lord is not being afraid in a corner of God. The fear of the Lord is the awe of God. That he is all powerful, he is all good. And who am I that he would love me? That's the fear of the Lord. And that's the beginning of all wisdom. It's not a being curled in a corner thinking this God's going to beat the hell out of me. That this God's an abuser because he's not. This God that we believe in left heaven, became a man, was tortured for your sins and mine, and then died so we could be with him forever. That's not a God of abuse. That's a God of love. And that should cause you and I great trust. Fear is useless. What is needed is trust. Okay? Okay, so let's go back here. Uh, Tony, da, da, da. Today is Thursday, October 20th, 2022. Did I say something different? Maybe I didn't at all. I don't know. Anyway, what was the book on consecration of St. Joseph that you recommend? It's been a long time ago. I don't know, Bob. Uh, you know, the one priest who's famous, he has one out, but I don't like it, that one because he all the stuff Pope Francis has said on France, on Pope, on uh, St. Joseph, he's never, he's never quoted once in that book, and that causes me, uh, drives me nuts. But there's another one. I'll have to get it and send it to you. Um, 
gosh, I just have to remember that. Okay, but I will. Good afternoon, Father. Blessings from Tampa Bay. There you go. I love uh, Tampa Bay. You know, you guys just missed the bullet down there soon. Father, explain prayer better than most. Okay. Surrender prayer. Yes. Good afternoon, all. All right. Consecration of St. Joseph by Father Don Colloway. No, that's not the one I recommend. Uh, again, for the reason I said, uh, he wrote it during the reign of uh, Pope Francis, but he never quotes him once. Uh, and again, I don't... Uh, he said, oh my, anyway, uh, the priest is a good priest. I'm not saying anything against the priest in any way, shape, or form. But again, I'm showing the bias that's in all our stuff. Um, yes, we, we got to make sure that, uh, um, again, with all these things, again, how do we know that we, what can we trust? What can we trust? What can we trust? What we can trust is the magisterium of the church. Now, the magisterium, again, is the pope in union with the bishops. That's the teaching of the church. That's been the teaching for a heck of a long time. And people are now listening to one pope or one bishop or one cardinal, not one pope, one cardinal or one bishop that agrees with them. And even if they disagree with the whole rest of the magisterium, the pope and the other bishops in the church, we look at them as right. I look at them as filled with pride. They are separating themselves from the magisterium. And people are following them, which means they're separating themselves from the magisterium. The magisterium, again, is the Pope with the bishops united in teaching. That's the magisterium. It's not lay people. It's not the big Catholic speakers that we pay three or $10,000 to speak. Lay people for an hour, and they think that they have the magisterium, I'm sorry, they don't. It's the teaching of the church, which is the union of the bishops and the pope, period. And as long as you're there, you will always be safe. All these other things are instilling fear and making people crazy, especially in America, because we like to do things our way right we again right after uh uh the old president was uh inaugurated he played the opening song was i did it my way and everybody got on my case because they says father you you because i hear some of my talks now because i talked about trump before he ever became president and i'd say the theme song everybody how is i did it my way and so when he played that song at the beginning and i voted for him twice and the reality was oh but see People in America and the Catholic Church like to do it their way. We got to be doing it God's way. And God's way is through the magisterium of the church. And the magisterium is living. It's not dead. It's not just the teaching of the Pope and the bishops a hundred years ago. It's the teaching of the Pope and the bishops today. Because Christ is not dead. He's alive. And he speaks through the magisterium of the church, period. And we got to believe that. And it's just so important that we do that. And so I know that people struggle and I know they get mad at me, but you might as well just step in line, okay? <laughs> but I'm telling you, um, we always got to focus on that reality. 
Looking forward to seeing you at Walsh next Tuesday for the Dr. Ray show. Yes, I'm going to be at Walsh next Tuesday. I'm going to have to be there from 3.30 to like 8 o'clock at night. The miserable. And then uh, I come back. So uh, if you're in that area, they're always looking for people to come. So come and be part of us. You can be in the audience. You can help me make fun of the little Italian. It's the greatest thing in the world. So, and we do uh, all the uh, things we're going to have. A, this is the first time he's given me more than eight minutes. He usually only gives me eight minutes on his show. So I'll be there a little bit more. Um, so, Far Father, thank you for the divine prayers and teachings. We'll talk about it next week. What if when I'm saying my penitent rosary, as I was told by Think Christ, should I stop? This was told me during Lent that I was to say it every day for the rest of my life. I'm, I don't know, because uh, I, don't, I, I don't know if it was Christ or the evil one, because Pope Benedict, uh, Pope Benedict uh, uh, Padre Pio, Jesus appeared to him once as, uh, yeah, the devil once appeared to Padre Pio as uh, Jesus Christ, and he once appeared to him as the Blessed Mother. So the only thing I can say is you can tell it anything by its fruit. So is the fruit of it bringing you closer to Christ and is the fruit of it helping you love other people more. So are you doing the penitential rosary for others or are you wasting it on yourself and your salvation? Does it keep you focused on me and my uh, salvation or do you always offer it for somebody else? If you're offering it for somebody else, that is great fruit. Can I do it for both? No, just do it for others and then God will bless you because it's a totally unselfish act. That's what martyrdom is. It's a total unselfish act. So those are the type of things we got to do. Unselfish, that's the fruit of love. And so that's how you can tell it's of a God or is it not of God. When I converted Catholicism, Father Larry, you were the first teacher I had besides Holy Spirit. And I thank God. Well, thank you, Caden. Uh, that's very good. We like you, Father. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Okay. Uh, Harry, I'll tell you. One day I got to meet you, Harry, uh, when I get over to Paris again. Hi, Father. When we started growing in love with Jesus, I guess 35 years ago, we sat quietly and read a scripture and sat silently and journaled what God said. It's life like none other. Exactly correct, Audrey. What is your favorite thing to do in front of the Blessed Sacrament? To shut up. Um, yeah. I gotta be still, I gotta shut up, because I talk so much, and some of the stuff that comes out of my mouth is just stupid, but uh, yeah, I gotta be quiet. Okay, where do I find Hope TV? Is it a website? No, it is a um, an app, so you just go to your app stores, so if you're a, uh, um, if you have a Google uh, phone or if you have an Apple phone, you go there. If you don't have a phone, you could go to our Hope TV, and it's also a website, I think. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Just go to our Hope TV or go to our website and it'll show you how to get there. Uh, I get so much mail from religious organizations asking for money. Seems like everybody has my name. I, you, once you give to one, they sell it to each other. Let me say, is it okay? Throw the rest out. You throw it out. Don't even open it. I get all kinds of stuff too. Just because they ask doesn't mean you have to say yes. That's again, what does God tell you to do and then do it? After suicide, there's hope for them and you. Um, Father Chris Alder, MIC. There you go. Um, that's on YouTube. 
Very good. I, I haven't said it. So I haven't read it or listened to it. But uh, again, I know the ones I told you, uh, Bishop John Dolan, who wrote a whole book on how to minister to it. And there's a workbook also. Again, Father, our Bishop John Dolan, Bishop John Dolan, uh, Bishop John Dolan. Uh, Dear St. Gertrude said, Jesus told her that communion in the hand brings condemnation. Well, Sister Bridget is not the teaching of the Holy Roman Catholic Church. So no matter what St. Bridget said, doesn't really matter now, does it? And see, that's, a te- again, the teaching of the church. We don't listen to saints only. We listen to the magisterium. If a saint told us something different than the teaching of the church, they're wrong, 100% wrong. So it doesn't matter what St. Gertrude said. You got to make sure you're in relationship. Listen to Jesus. It doesn't say here, my sheep listen to the voice of St. Gertrude. It says, my sheep hear my voice. And his voice is spoken through the scripture and through the teaching of the magisterium. And we will pray for you, Jolie. But you got to make sure that you're doing what God wants you to do. Don't get caught up in what other people say about Jesus. Meet Jesus yourself and listen to him in prayer. Don't just read the saints. The only thing they did was listen to Jesus. You are called to be a saint. So you listen to Jesus. If not, all the saints do not agree. They completely disagree. You can read St. Francis of Assisi and you can read St. Dominic. Francis said you're not allowed to read, period. It would, knowledge fills you up with pride. Dominic said you must read all kinds of things so that you can do then and preach. Contradictory. Because God used two different ways of proclaiming his gospel. So you've got to watch when you say, this saint said this. I never have ever abided that. You can use it as a guideline, but you can't use it to condemn people who receive communion in the hand especially um, St. Gertrude in those days was, they didn't do communion in the hand. Anyway, I share this because um, a newbie starting spirit-filled life, I have to know how Jesus, he speaks to us, yes, through his word. Okay. And we'll pray, Jolie, we'll pray for Father Henry who left the church. Very good. Dr. Ray and Father Larry, have fun and great time together. We got it. Mo, yes, it's a website too. So Mo just said you can go to Our Hope TV and it is a website. Very good. Jason Williamson, please pray for Jason and my godmother Diane and for all our families and friends and neighbors for healing and holiness. You got it. Good. I asked to be a saint. Jesus wants us all to be saints. You have two choices. Become a saint or go to hell. So let's all become saints. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you. He was Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. God willing, we'll see you next week. I'll be praying for you every day. I love you. Please pray for me, and we'll talk about the Lord's Prayer next Wednesday, God willing.